Yeah, so, yeah, rumor is that Terry's may possibly be uh, Green Lantern, which I am definitely not on board with. Why? No, I, I, I'm on board, and I'll tell you why. Because I think it's a career suicide to take on the Green Lantern, and good for Tyrese to fucking jump into that lane yeah, line and just go ahead suicide and, and take that bullet and for And going us. away forever. But no, that's the thing. is like He'll probably still be in like the next like Fast movies. <sighs> so it's not like he's not going to be in anything after this happens. And I would be fine with never seeing him in anything again. But I just don't think that's going to happen even if he does this. <laughs> And I would much rather, I've seen some, like, other rumors of, like, people, like, floating, like, you know, just on Twitter, people, like, putting out, like, who they would like to see as the Green Lantern. And I've seen, like, Marshala, Marshala, Mahershala Ali um, and uh, Trevante Rhodes. Um, also good. Who, yeah, Chiron. Yeah. Um, and Idris Elba, I've seen him of tossed course. out there. I think he of might be a little Idris old Elba, for little it old at this point. It. But, yeah. like, I would, Trevante Rhodes, I think, would make an amazing John Stewart as uh, Dude, Green Lantern. Donald Glover. Period. Uh, yeah. Because you need someone that's funny and charismatic, but not Ryan Reynolds. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, th- I think I feel like my, my top pick for what I've seen would probably be Trevante Rhodes. And especially because, like, Donald Glover is doing everything right now, and I really just want the next season of Atlanta to be out. <laughs> and I'm like, he's got this, like, Deadpool animated series that he signed right. on for. And, and also his music career yeah. and everything else that he's doing. The dude is, like, the new fucking James Franco. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I just, I would love to see that uh, with Trevante Rhodes as the Green Lantern. I think he would fill that role, especially, like, kind of like that honor kind of like sense of responsibility but i feel like he definitely brings some some humor to it as well even though we've only really seen him in i mean i've only really seen him in moonlight um and we've seen him in another one trevante Rhodes. no oh wait i thought you were still talking about michelle ali no 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 yeah. sorry anyways are we ready guys yeah hey hey everybody welcome to yet another episode of i want you to watch this this is, um, pardon our really long rambling there, <laughs> but uh, this is our uh, third uh, intri- in entry into our sci-fi block, and uh, that would be Alien from the year 1979. Did I even say what show this is? I want you to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is I want you to watch this. I'm your host, Dennis. <laughs> I my you two- did. You haven't introduced us I haven't yet. Introduced yeah, anyone. <laughs> Well, I'm your host, Dennis, and I'm with my two co-hosts. You're just off to a terrific start, oh, yeah. let me say that. <laughs> it was all that Green Lantern talk, man. Got me all jazzed. Uh, but I'm with my two co-hosts, uh, uh, Craig. Um, what hello, up? Craig. Yo. And Colin. Hey there, Dennis. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> we're, we'll get back on the trolley. We're getting back on the trolley. We got this. Got this. All right. It's part three, sci-fi, Alien, 1979. Cullen, please take it away from me. All right. Uh, as Dennis said, this movie's from 1979. It's directed by Ridley Scott. Um, and it is basically as follows. During its return to Earth, the commercial towing vehicle Nostromo intercepts a distress SOS from a distant moon. The seven-member crew are waking up from hypersleep, and the spaceship subsequently descends on the moon. While exploring the moon, a three-member team of the crew discovers a derelict spaceship and a huge chamber inside it containing thousands of eggs. When a curious team member goes too near the egg, the parasite inside the egg attacks him, rendering him unconscious. He is brought back aboard the spaceship. Uh, he's brought back aboard. The spaceship takes off. After a little while, the parasite dies, and his and his host wakes up seemingly un- unruffled. Everything returns back to normal, but not for long, as the new form of the alien bursts out of his chest, disappears into the ship, and then proceeds to kill every member of the crew one by one until the lone survivor, Ripley, escapes destroying the ship. And that is basically the short form of the movie Alien. Yep. There's an android involved. Oh yeah! Um, yeah. It turns out that Ian Holm is an android. Ooh, this is a this is kind of a first for us. We have uh, two movies in a row that we're reviewing that star that has uh, Ian the Holm. Same, no, well, just the same actor, you know, across two yeah. movies. Yeah, you know, Ian, if we Ian do Holm the, is in both of these movies, right? And that's a first for us. It to is. have an actor do that, right? Good for Ian Holm. 
<laughs> if, the, if the next movie has an Ian Holm in it, then he has a hat trick, right? <laughs> yes. If, if we if we do Sunshine or uh, Man from Earth, whichever one comes first, and Ian Holm is in either of those movies, I'd say, how did this get made hat trick? Yes, it is. <laughs> I think you mean, I want you to watch this hat yeah. trick. Uh, but who did who <laughs> As much as okay. we love that podcast, we are not, <laughs> we that, are podcast. not that podcast. <laughs> I only say that because they have had people do a hat trick on that show. Yes, so. it is known. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, um, I'm sure people have at least heard of this movie. It is rather yeah. famous. <laughs> Actually, I'll let you guys know a deep, dark secret. I had never seen this movie. Really? <laughs> really. really? I was like watching it, and I was like, oh... I've, I know I've seen Aliens, and I know I've seen, um, I haven't seen like Alien 3, but I've seen Alien vs. Predator, which ah. was, you know, not really any indication uh, You mean a must-see in yeah, franchise. <laughs> which is not any indication of like how amazing this movie is, because like throughout the movie I was just like trying to find like anything negative to say about it, and all I could really do is like nitpick about the stupid decisions that crew members made. Oh, yeah. But it's like, well, I, if we... people don't make stupid decisions, then you don't have a story, so... Right. Well, this is great. I'm glad that you've never seen this before than Colin and I both have. I think Colin has seen it the most out of all of us. Yeah, this um, is one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm a little late to it just because of like my adverse to horror movies forever and ever and ever to an embarrassingly older age. Um... <laughs> But anyways, before we get into it, and I, I'm, again, super excited that you haven't seen this before, because then we kind of do this as, like, an interview style, and it's going to be great. But uh, I really need to get into these costumes, because, holy fuck, Colin, you nailed that alien. You got this tail that's ridiculous. You're just dripping with saliva, and... Oh, oh yeah, here, let me show you the mouth inside the mouth. Oh, please. Ah! Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my, my wig guy worked really hard to get that working, and... It, it it was down to the eleventh hour, but but really got it to to pop. It it, it really works. And you know, I hope you pay that wig guy well because uh, his skills are wide and varied and um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've also been you know just kind of murdering people. Um, I've eaten a few cats over the course of the last week. It, it's it's been pretty rough on my digestive system, but uh, it's worth it for for the podcast. You know. <laughs> well, we appreciate any sacrifices that you give for our great art in our costumes in terms of uh costumes i just wanted to say uh craig your parker costume is outstanding um you've been going around fixing things and for the whole past week you would not shut up about your shares in this podcast i mean i'm just saying (laughs) i i feel like i deserve equal representation in the zero dollars that we're making doing this yeah, I, I, I just know. want to make sure that i'm getting my equal well, share. well just, yeah i've been trying to tell you like we're all getting the same shares right. of no money right but I, I don't know i just i just feel like i'm being less represented in that zero share like Craig, I, just, I, don't I don't know how else to tell you there's there's no share in no shares i i, I don't know i we'll, we'll, we'll just come back to that at a later date but we'll we'll, we'll discuss that later <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, these prosthetics, like, you just, you got to keep going with them. It's, like, you, you got to get as much use out of them, and this is an amazing Ripley costume that you have on. What uh, can I say? Like, I feel like you've just been, like, extremely, like, level-headed and rational about, like, everything this week. Like, and I know you, you like to get a little, like, riled up about things, but I, I, I applaud you. I commend you on your level-headed, rational, like, just demeanor this entire week it's been fantastic i've been purposely hanging out with psychopaths in a psych ward to uh just kind of maintain this levelness uh, around just people freaking out all the time and so it's really helped i feel you know and, and i also just want to commend you for doing uh the particular ridley costume that you did because there's been a lot of ridley costumes out there in the history of nerds being nerds but um you chose Ridley at the end of the movie. I really like those ill-fitting underwear Thank and uh, the tank top. It's yep. just, you know, it's very invocative of uh, the prosthetics, and uh, it just really works for you. Yeah, yeah you the- got major, like, plumber's crack right now. But, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Just... I got the smallest underwear I could possibly fit into. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for that completely unnecessary, uh, you know, partially naked scene at the very end there. 
Almost made it to the very end, but <laughs> had to take her clothes off. <laughs> well, actually, Ridley Scott did want her to be naked at the end of the movie because he wanted it to be something symbolizing man's frailty in the course, uh, like in the... Right, uh, man's frailty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has like his reason for like, well, no, it's, it's supposed to be a symbol. It's artistic that she's going to be naked at the end of the movie, <laughs> but... It, no, but no, it's no, it's not. <laughs> but he does say it was supposed to be like a symbol thing that she gets naked, but it's it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Sigourney Weaver is hot, and we got her in as little clothing as possible. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, fuck man, this movie's great. Right? Yeah, this movie yeah. is excellent. Yeah, this it has a eight point five on IMDb, a ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, a ninety four percent of audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that sounds accurate and correct. It, this movie came out in nineteen seventy nine, and this is twenty seventeen, and these fucking graphics hold up. Yeah, like, like the effects in this movie are fantastic. Holy shit, Ian Holm when he gets decapitated, Ian Holm plays his android, and there's at one point he gets in a fight with uh, Sigourney Weaver. Ripley's uh, her character's name is Ripley. And uh, he gets decapitated, and they kind of, like, resurrect him to talk again. And his head is just sitting on a table, like, talking. And it's fucking legit. Like, this is from 1979? And, yeah. like, it's, it holds up, like, frame by frame. Just yeah. really good. I love that scene with the decapitated um, Ash, and he's just sitting there, and he's warning them stuff. But also, I just think about how miserable that must have been to shoot for Ian Holm. Because oh, he yeah. must be, like, squatting inside a box. Yeah. And he's got, you know, like, just... The, it must be like just frosting is what they used on his face like just dripping all over him and like he has to like spew it out of his mouth right. because it's like the android like blood or whatever I imagine android it's milk lubrication stuff yeah it's, it just basically looks it's like milk, milk. Yeah. But <laughs> and also so another good. movie uh another link to the fifth element in like mysterious weird what the hell is that dripping from the forehead moment <laughs> yeah, Ian because Holm, when, when oh, they're yeah. first starting to figure out that he's an android and something's not right, there's like milk just starts dripping yeah. out of his head, and you're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> this is after he does the most re- weird attempt of trying to kill somebody by rolling up a magazine and trying to shove it down. Yeah, just throat. like have her like deep throat a magazine, <laughs> like to suffocate her. <laughs> Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, what an odd way to try to kill somebody. And I'm like, wouldn't there be, like, still, like, air coming through? Like, shouldn't you just, like, just, like, wrap your lips around it and, like, breathe through the hole? I don't know. You see, my, my direction at this scene was, was I just I just told Ian Holm, grab anything and, and try to asphyxiate him. <laughs> oh, man, this is uh, Ripley Scott's uh, freshman film. He's never made a movie before this. He did, like, a couple short films, I think. Yep. Maybe he's worked on television, if I'm not mistaken. But this is his first movie. Yeah, his first feature film. Holy fuck. What a home yeah, run. Like how yeah. to knock it out of the park yeah. your first time out. Exactly. Oh, gosh. And, like, um, I, I do have to say, though, like, uh, the landing scene in the beginning is so slow, it's annoying. And, like, <laughs> and like you can't see anything, you know, which is prominent throughout the film. But particularly in the landing scene, it's just everything is just, like, shrouded in mist. So much, like, steam and mist is, like, sprayed everywhere. And then you see, like rows of christmas lights and then it's like five minutes of like a leg of a ship landing through atmosphere and then it's like what yeah. the fuck like <laughs> draw it out longer <laughs> that's one of the few parts where it doesn't the the pacing of this film doesn't work but the pacing of this movie is extraordinary that's probably why it stands it's, out it's to me such a g- perfect slow burn well because of my... tension from like the beginning of it to like the alien being found to the alien like bursting out of the chest and like the whole thing just accelerates towards the end well yeah and that's the thing too it's like the timeline or the frame of time within the movie is what like over the course of like it has to be like less than 24 hours like right i mean it seems like it's like over the course of like a day which is also kind of ridiculous and like the whole molting thing i mean I, it's an alien so i guess we can't really say like what it's molting you know patterns would be but like from it to go from like the little slug and then like one molt and it's like human size like <laughs> pulling people up into the rack oh yeah like that was like one thing where i was like damn like I, I don't really i guess i can't really say anything since it's a fictional 
like alien being. Right. But it just seemed like like, oh shit, like that was really fast. Right. Like from a little tiny slug to a full on thing like ripping people off of the ground. Right. It either it either grows super fast or everyone just ignored the problem for like a few months and then was like, Oh, that alien thing. Yeah, we should probably address that again. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> cause yeah, it doesn't make any sense that it goes. But yeah, because it seems like yeah, because it like, burst out of the chest size. and then like runs away and then like they start the search for it and during their search, they find the molted skin, and then literally, like the next scene is it's ten feet tall. Is yeah, is Brett being pulled into the the air ducts by the alien? Right. Is it called the Xenomorph? Is it is yeah. called okay. the Xenomorph. Yeah. It's uh, designed by the Swiss artist H. R. Giger. Yeah. Uh, he also designed like the derelict ship that they found it on, and all this stuff. That's why this movie has such a cool and creepy kind of um, aesthetic to it. It's almost Lovecraftian in a way. Yeah. yeah. It's, lots of bones, lots of <laughs> lots of like rib cage looking yeah. shit. Oh my god, like that ship was fucking amazing. Right? Like when they yeah. did like the I thought they were gonna like cheat on it and just like only show it like on like the heads up display like uh-huh. on the, you know, the panel screens and then like when they actually showed it like, you know, within like the movie real time, I was like Oh holy shit, that is impressive. Yeah. Like, and then when they get into the ship, it's like, holy shit, that is fucking impressive. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> amazing. And, I, yeah, the effect of like the alien that like has like had the chest bursters come out oh, of it yeah. before, like the fossilized alien. The forerunner or whatever the fuck. Yeah. There is a name for it that I always forget because I just I'm always, not that. Are those aliens from group. Prometheus? Is that what Yeah, that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the movie that fucks everything. Uh, <laughs> that, that gets me into like one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is I think that Ridley Scott suffers a little bit from George Lucas disease. Uh, in that like in this early film he's limited by like what it, he it's has. It's a kind of Marlon Brando disorder, really. <laughs> yeah. It affects <laughs> but, only it affects only directors. When he goes back and like makes the full thing that he wanted to make, like he ruins it. Because Ridley Scott didn't write this movie. This movie is uh, written by Dan O'Bannon, and that's why this movie is so much better. Dan O'Bannon. <laughs> yes. I watched this with the Super Eagle commentary, by Did the way. Did you? <laughs> that's one of my recommendations at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but I, that's, I think, why Prometheus doesn't work at all, and why I'm cautiously optimistic, maybe, about the new one. But... I think he kind of gets the thing that George Lucas gets, where it's like, oh, you really are into this? Let me dive deep into this. Right. And then just only makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> As if James Cameron didn't do enough damage on his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh. Every time I watch Alien, I hate aliens more. Exactly. <laughs> and so I, I feel like I need to watch Aliens just to, like, you know, even the... Argument well, in my well brain. block out half a day because that movie is so <laughs> goddamn long. long. <laughs> That's because James Cameron shoots movies like Peter Jackson does, which is like, oh, I, they could sit there for five hours. It's no problem. Uh, so did you guys watch the original cut or the director's cut? I watched the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, then I watched the original as well because I watched whatever Colin had. Um, yeah, I, I almost looked, I was like debating between the two and then it was like, I ended up watching it late last night, and I was like, oh, we'll just go with the original cut, because the director's cut is three hours long. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't... There's a whole extra hour in the director's cut. Holy fuck. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be interested to know what that is. I don't know if I necessarily want to watch it, though. Yeah, I was like, I might watch that at a later date, because I really did love this movie, yeah. and so I might watch it to see what the... But I think it came, and I think it came out, like, maybe even, like, ten years after the original. Oh, like a remaster, probably after... Uh, Cameron put out Aliens. Yeah, oh yeah, I think it, I'm pretty cut. sure it came out after Aliens. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, what'd you guys think of the matte paintings? I think this movie is the best use of matte paintings, where it's like, like uh, they'll do like forced perspective in the hallways with matte paintings, and like, and then obviously the alien ship is all a painting. Like a lot of the planet is a painting, but it doesn't pull you out like sometimes Star Wars does. You know, as great as those movies can be, like the like, they're, it's pretty stark when you know it's like, oh, that's obviously something that someone drew, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this movie, it's, it's pretty seamless. Like, it is. The it's things really are great, well and it it blends in so well that unless you're like really looking for it, you're not gonna be like, oh, that's a painting, right? I also found it interesting, like the difference between like into the landing, like the difference between 
uh, a broken down ship in this movie versus like a broken down ship in Europa Report. <laughs> Whereas like when they like like crash land on the planet, it's just kind of like everyone's just kind of annoyed and they're just like, ah, god damn it, we gotta fix this thing. It's gonna take Ro- us hours to fix, god yeah. damn it. Whereas in Ro- Europa Report, it's like, oh dear god, if we don't fix this like now, we're all gonna yeah. die on this planet. We're <laughs> leaking air and water and everything else, and we're all gonna die. Ah! <laughs> Also compared to Europa Report, Europa Report's like a, oh, here's how you would actually handle the situation. You gotta quarantine this guy. He can't come back on the ship. Whereas this movie is just like, Ripley is the only one who's making sense. Ripley's like the only one who's like, no, you can't bring him on the ship. He's got a parasite from this alien world on him. And then they're like, nope, we're bringing him on the ship anyway. Well, well, we find out like why Ash does this because essentially Ash the entire time the entire purpose of this mission has actually been to go secure this alien life form. Well, well, the the purpose of this diversion, because one of my favorite things about this movie is that they are not at all prepared to deal with this. They're no. space truckers. Right. Yeah. It's not like they're astronauts out there exploring the universe. They're just truckers. And the company is making them go investigate this thing. Well, no, but Ash is, like overrides it because... Well, no, see, because what I... So from my what I got out of this was that Ash was changed in at the last minute to make sure that this happened was the, because they said that he got changed like on like the day of or something like that. So I think that the from what I was getting, because after at the end, she like asked him like what this whole thing was about. And I was thinking that it was from the beginning, like that he was put on board in the first place to make sure that they got this specimen. It was well the the true evil of this movie is mother the AI that picks up the that is orchestrating this whole thing. Yeah, she's the one that stops the ship, wakes them up from hypersleep, and and it tells them about the signal that they that they found, which is where they get the alien to begin with. Yeah, well, no, I got that part, but right. I thought that even that was just like um like a fabrication or like pre pre planned, like they like. Someone in like the science division knew that there was something out there that they were trying to get. Right. So they were like, "All right, we, they had this whole expedition. We'll put Ash on board with them at the last minute, send them out on their mission, and then on on the way back, they'll like air quotes discover this distress beacon, and that'll divert them from their course." Right. That, that's what I was thinking yeah, and then- at the end when she says, like, when Ash is like well this is what i've been here for this whole time right and, and it's it's frustrating that's that's something that i get frustrated about because because you're right i agree with you it's it's just frustrating because it's a lot of it's a lot of exposition and it's a lot of really necessary exposition that like they just eke out in like half a sentence like ripley says like oh i don't know they just want it for their weapons division or something i don't really care and then like they just like they're like, let's just kill it, you know? And you're like, no, wait, you just said a whole bunch of shit right there. Yeah. Who's they? <laughs> yeah. And they have a weapons division? Well, like, they is the company. Right, because exactly. Because throughout right. the whole movie, they're talking about the company and, like, why this with the company. And, you know, they're arguing about the money and they're arguing about all this stuff. So anytime they're talking about they or they're talking about mother, it's the company. Right. Okay. Mother. Yeah. terrible that's, name for an AI that's one of those other things which is or your they, wife <laughs> yes that's creepy that is, um, that is creepy not as creepy as mommy <laughs> Ronald Reagan one Anyways. of the weird things about of the production design is the room to communicate with weather what is up with like just the billion lights in there yeah. why would that be necessary because that's their vision of well this cracks me up this like I love, I love because I, I I read I've been reading some like old sci-fi books from the seventies and like like the the seventies interpretation on what f- computers are going to be in the future is I wrote that down absolutely as my notes, in my hilarious. <laughs> well, honestly, I felt like the whole AI like entering a command in layman's term right. to an AI is actually pretty close to what we already have, like, in terms of asking Google to search for something for you or set, like, a calendar event for you. Yeah, but that's, like, on your phone that you have in your pocket, whereas this thing was a whole fucking room. Well, yeah, but at the same time, they didn't have, like, (laughs) what we have, but that idea, I felt, actually was actually kind of forward-thinking in terms of anybody can go in and use this AI technology with the right clearance, you know, you don't have to be like a computer programmer to enter a command Uh, that mother will understand. Where I think it's hilarious, though, is that, like, okay... How many years before this movie came out? 2001 comes out. And it has, like, the famous AI, Hal. Yeah. And Hal responds to voice commands. You just fucking talk to him. 
So why didn't they have mother? Like you could just talk to mother. Like the fact that they had like an like a fucking like DOS prompt green text. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's also the thing is like in 1979 they thought in the future like in the 2100s all our computers are still running on DOS. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious. Same font, same colors. Well, it's kind of like the technology you imagine versus the technology you actually have. Right. So I can understand that. And I I I was willing to let that one go. And like, (laughs) right, into the future, you know, when we're all like back into the caves, like wielding sticks and stuff, like they're going to be cracking up about what we thought like the future is going to be with, you know, us with interdimensional space travel and stuff. I'm saying that we're all going to kill ourselves in the next few years. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> well and i was also going back to ash and him being an android and having not seen this movie and this being this movie being as old and as like famous as it is i'm really surprised that i didn't have any spoilers for this movie like there were like i didn't know that that was going to happen oh really no I, I had no idea that that was like what was coming i was like totally like ash is totally weird oh. and seems robotic in his emotion and like or his lack of emotion because he was i just kind of saw him as the um like the overly curious but like underly empathetic character like scientist guy who's like yeah. yeah everything is about like the research and everything is about what moving progress and moving right. forward with scientific experimentation and so i didn't really see him as a robot i just saw him as a weird science guy who probably thought with his brain more than his heart you know kind right. of person who like had the weird like hi- i mean he was he was strangely higher up in the hierarchy on the ship well i mean that's even though Ripley he wasn't is, like, really the second officer right, yeah well he wasn't really up in like, the hierarchy it was just kind of any decisions that had to do with science were deferred to him because he was the science officer right so it was yeah but to the point that like even dallas was like Oh whatever, just let him take care of it. You know. Well, yeah, but then he also explains home. that it was because it's a scientific issue, so we defer to the that science ends up officer. Killing all of them. Well, yeah, it does. And <laughs> going, yeah, and then even with the quarantine, where you know you were saying like they break protocol with that, it's like, well, you understand why that happens because Ash's directive is to make sure that this gets back right. At all and costs. that's what I'm saying that he has a strange like. I, I would feel that like the commander of the ship would be able to override decisions made by the science officer that would threaten the lives of everyone else on the crew. But. Uh, sorry, but Dallas wanted them. He was the one that was telling them to get back on the ship. He Ripley was the only one that was saying, "No, we have to follow quarantine procedures." Right. Dallas okay. was actually saying, "Let me on the ship." Ash says, "I yeah, was following Dallas a direct order." Yeah. And right. Dallas is even breaking, like trying to break protocol, trying right. to say, "Yeah, let us in." Okay. And Ripley's the only one who's being like, "No." Yeah, she. Yeah, her and then uh, and Parker, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, of course." It's like a woman and a black man who yeah. are like, "Uh, hell no!" <laughs> like that's my other favorite thing is when when Parker is going. Hey, why don't you freeze him? I'm like, yeah, That's a very good question, Yamakoto. Why don't we freeze him? Like the specimen still gets back. You we can still get the specimen. Yeah. we can take care of this, like in a sterile with, lab, right, not with, on board our ship. Where, like, when this thing bleeds acid, it's gonna eat through the hole, and we will all die. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like just freeze him, goddammit. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. Because then we wouldn't was... have another hour of this movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shut up, Parker. You're ruining the story. <laughs> well, yeah. And like I said, stupid decisions make good stories. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the only way that any story can really well, ever go forward is right. people have to be making stupid decisions. Yeah, because if everyone was rational and did the right thing, right. then every movie would be over in about five minutes. Right. Or it's like it's like how cell phones would ruin any movie ever. Yeah. You know, like any, any communication movie where like it's like, oh, I need to deliver this message immediately. It's like, bitch, just bust out your phone. You yeah. Know? Like, well, because I mean, really all they had to do was say, okay, we've got this distress beacon. We know where it is. Let's go back to the company and then we'll send like a recon team with like arms and like an actual like well-equipped team to go and search this out. Like that would be like the really, That's really. That's basically the movie Aliens. <laughs> right. Well, they, 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 they send a military unit to, to like dispose of the things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. That that is the movie Aliens, where they go back. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. But like, they kind of you know loosely touch on that. that that's something that, that frustrates me is that they they're like, well, why do we have to go down and do this? It's like, well, we have to by law 
if we find a distress beacon, we have to search it out. And yeah. then, but they law. haven't even figured out that it is a distress right. beacon because That's they're still uncoding about. it. Right. And then later they find out that it's it a, a warning, warning. signal, yeah. like do not land on this planet. Right. Which is like so vexing that it's just like, and then I was like flipping out. I was like, why don't you just fucking tell them that it's a warning? And it was like, I missed the whole part that they lost communication with them where they can't talk to them when they're on the ship. Right. Was that a part? I don't, because, well, then what else, why else didn't Ripley tell them that it was a fucking warning and that they shouldn't be going deeper into the ship? Yeah, I didn't understand that either. That was one I, thing I, that I, was... I just assumed that they couldn't I talk to I think they them. did lose communication. Yeah. Once they went in, okay. Right. At some point. They, they, please, please have that in the movie because that is so infuriating. Um, I gotta ask you, Craig, if you, if, uh, you didn't have any spoilers, did you expect the chest bursting? to occur oh well no i mean like that's like a classic scene right. from the and, movie and so that's I, something that's I, I wanted to cue this up because yeah like the scene like there are like certain parts of the movie that of course like images from the movie that you can't help but avoid seeing like i knew what the alien looks like you know right. i knew like you know the chest bursting scene i knew the egg opening and the face hugger coming out yeah. but i didn't know yeah the ass we all had those robot, mcdonald's like, yeah. toys yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you knew the chase uh, the chestburster because that's an iconic thing in movies. It's been like parodied in other things. It's it's like a famous scene. The people who didn't know about it were the cast because that hadn't happened before. And Ridley Scott did not tell them what was going to happen because he wanted to get genuine reactions from them. So they had no idea what was going to happen. They're standing there, and then this thing bursts out of John Hurt's chest, and their reactions are real because they are freaking out because they had no idea. Yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> they shit. flipped the fuck out. <laughs> I don't know, it's uh, knowing that and like watching it, you're like, oh yeah, no, that's legit. <laughs> well, especially because like at, at first they do like one scene and the effect on it is, it's red paint. Well, yeah, well, like it's like yeah, you can see like the what is like the squib or whatever, yeah. like like popping, and then it's like you can kind of see them like oh. And then it's like when, and then it's like kind of goes back, and they're like still trying to hold him down, and like when it like really starts coming out, it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was very well done. Great, great ensemble cast. Oh yeah, yeah. fantastic. It was just cast Everyone perfectly. It's great. Everyone is great. I love that scene where the guy, he's like a uh, Parker's buddy, and he's just like, uh, are you talking about Harry Dean Stanton? Yes, Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, where he just keeps on saying, what does he keep saying? Like right. Yeah, 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 Brett just keeps Brett, going, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, don't you ever see any other thing right? And then, like, it was going, right. <laughs> right. I totally thought he was, like, the Milton of this movie. <laughs> like, from, for, like, when they, like, take his pen, uh, when Dallas, like, takes his pen and, like, uses it on the acid, <laughs> and then, like, just hands it back to him, and it's totally, like, the stapler yeah, in the space. <laughs> and, uh, and he totally, the thought face that, that, he, that he has is totally just, like, so Milton. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's hilarious, Craig, because then they have him go hunt down the cat. It's like, well, they go find the cat. Yeah. It's like, oh, poor Harry Dean Stanton. It's like reduced to cat wrangling. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Just ignore the fucking cat. Yeah. You know? I know. Well, that was like at the end, too. But again, it's, like... it's, it's, it's literally save the cat. It yes. is literally save the cat. And in the in the Super Ego podcast, they break character because they're like, is this, a fir- is this what they base save the cat on? And they're like, I think it is. I actually think that's what they base <laughs> the book on. They really the whole concept the on is this. on this book movie when they're literally saving the cat throughout the third act. Yeah, it's like, just stop. Just, just let the cat go. Just get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Moogie. But one of the things I love about the end when they're destroying the ship is they show this big, long, involved process of starting the self-destruct sequence. And that's what a self-destruct sequence should be like. Yes. Like, it should be like a ten-step thing where you're like, are you really sure you want to, like, blow up the entire ship? Right. Yeah. Instead of just saying, computer, begin self-destruct program. And it being like, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had right that away. same thought where I was like, yes. Like, yes, this is how you create a self-destruct sequence. That actually, and when it comes back to when she's trying to stop the sequence actually creates more tension in the movie right. in terms of her trying to redo or like undo everything that she did. And um, I was just so, God, I loved Ripley in this movie. She's great, isn't She's she? She's so fantastic. And just another one of those movies where there's no like forced love interest type thing going on. There's right. no like, there's no like, 
oh, you're a woman type of thing going on. It's just like, no, everyone on this ship is just doing their jobs. Right. Everyone knows what the fuck they're doing. So we don't need to, you know, point out these right. things. She's a space trucker who happens to be a woman. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I was like, I was at the beginning when she was making all the smartest decisions. I was like, God. I hope Ripley is the only one to survive at the end of this. And then I was like, and then Parker had some smart decisions and I was like, Oh, I hope he's, he gets out with her. And I was like, ah, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but he didn't die first, which was good. No. And no, he had one of the more honorable deaths, or I guess the most honorable death of black person. Because most he's can, still trying to defend Lambert. Well, yeah. And, and that, everything. well, that's, so these are the two ways that black people can die in horror movies. They can either die <laughs> first or they can die trying to save the white woman. Right. That's, oh, yeah. Those are really yeah. like the two deaths that black people get in horror <laughs> movies. <laughs> and so he got the more honorable of those deaths. <laughs> and then this one he gets one, he's trying to save the white woman. Yeah. <laughs> Who, this brings me to just, I love Veronica Cartwright. Like, even though Lambert is kind of a meh character, I have such a crush on Veronica Cartwright for like no reason. <laughs> oh, she's great. She yeah. plays like the panic lady perfectly. Yeah. You know. Uh, totally. and she's, she's just like she fuck just, all of this she I don't just, want anything to do with it she just has such expressive eyes that when oh, she's yeah. like really terrified and playing that up it, it really reads and it really works yep. yeah that was definitely the moment where I was like oh yeah she's a character too when everyone is... she was kind of in the background for a yeah, lot of yeah. the movie and yeah. then when she kind of like has that freak out moment yeah the eyes are really what sells oh, it that's when everyone is drenched in sweat and then they <laughs> proceed to be drenched in sweat for the rest of the movie have like glistening. I mean, like the rock level. Yeah, the, the rock in Fast Five <laughs> yeah, level just, of sweat. Well, he's glistening in every movie he's in. <laughs> he is. <laughs> but the one where I really notice it is is Fast Five because he's just like dripping. In. <laughs> well, they're in Brazil. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So um, one of my other uh, things, I think Devin Faraci said that Star Wars created the idea of lived in space, but Alien perfected lived in space oh yeah like, everything is kind of grimy and like is older looking it's it, it for lack of a better term it looks lived in unlike you know 2001 where everything is so pristine yeah right and like um like everyone's smoking all like the ships are like hodgepodge together um they've they're like bored with like the whole space travel thing you know like like uh, you really notice it when they're on the when they're on the planet and like I mean they're doing a fucking EVA you yeah know, on another goddamn planet and they're like pissed off about it they're like God how inconvenient yeah you know we're exploring an unknown planet and following <laughs> an alien signal that we've never seen before and we're seeing a structure that no one has ever seen before Ugh. <laughs> I just want my money I God just want it. my money God well I felt like um I was watching this I was like oh we kind of did these movies in. I feel like we should have switched this one in Fifth Element just in terms of how the... Oh, like the progression of... Yeah, the progression of like space travel. Yeah. like Because like Europa Report is like first journey like right. that far out. This one is like commercialized like space travel for like you know the sake of like it's commodities still kind of realistic mining and yeah stuff like that. Right. and then yeah and then like the fifth element is just like we have like alien species it's like, like interaction yeah yeah <laughs> right i know they have like intergalactic space travel and all this crazy shit um yeah no i i uh that, that's we should have done that god damn it Way also everything <laughs> <laughs> one of the other nitpicky things that i had was uh the tracking device which is like used to it's like works by like working by detecting changes in air density. Right. But I'm like, wouldn't just moving it around, yeah, like the way that they're up? swinging it around, wouldn't it in and of itself be tracking itself? And wouldn't it, wouldn't every crew member be right. picked up by it? Well, yeah, I mean, I could see like if, if cause it's very, it is like funneled forward. So I could see yeah. like that being like, okay, it's funneled forward. But like when they're like swinging it around, like wouldn't that create like the air density changes around? It, it's like, also the... like the size of a car. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking massive. Huge. <laughs> they're like waving it around. Like that's going to find anything. And then it never does. It never actually. Eats well, it them finds finding the cat. Shit. Oh, it does find yeah. the cat. Yay. And then the cat, well, like, scurries out, and it's, like, one of the jump scares is when the cat jumps out, but then they're like, catch it, catch it. God damn it, now we're, we have to find the cat again, yeah. because right. this thing is going to keep ah. tracking the cat. That, okay, so that gives it the legit reason to track down the cat, so they... Yeah, yeah, so well, and then they, it also works when they're in the air ducts, too, because they use it to find where the xenomorph is moving throughout the air ducts. Like, oh. So it, it's, it does its job, it's just that... For the happy happy birthday surprise, of yeah, the alien. It's, yeah, like, happy yeah. birthday! <laughs> I just want to hug. I just want to hug. <laughs> I love that one. 
Oh man. Um. So what year did uh the first Star Wars come out? Nineteen seventy-seven. Okay. So this is two years after seventy-seven. That's like the biggest, most awesome. Like in in Star Wars: A New Hope, when they blow up the Death Star, it's like the most biggest, most awesome explosion on the face of the fucking like in like movie history, right? This movie triples down on the yeah, explosion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like when they, when when Ripley self destructs the ship, that thing doesn't blow up once, doesn't blow up twice. It blows up what like three, three times, three yeah. times, <laughs> and each one is like Nova size. Yeah. like it's like. <laughs> Like, was the space ore that they were hauling also doubling as rocket fuel? It's, I mean, what? It's all just hydrogen bombs. They were mining hydrogen bombs is what they were mining. Yeah, this is like, and that's, I just kept thinking that. It's like, oh, Ripley just, or uh, Ridley Scott just wants, like, oh, to one-up Lucas here. You know? It's like, oh, you think you get the biggest explosion? I get the biggest fucking explosion. I just wanted to see, like, comic book, like, Batman-level, like, graphics on the screen of just, like, crook a <laughs> Batman, like, the TV show? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Blam! Blam! Uh. Uh, well, that kind of wraps up my notes. If you guys it's any time for James Bond Connection. Ooh. So, uh, Yafet Kodo, he plays Mr. Big slash Kananga, the villain of in uh, the villain of the movie Live and Let Die. My second favorite Roger Moore James Bond movie. It's a good one. Yeah, but he's a, he is a Bond villain. Uh, oh yeah, Yafet. That's true. He's one of um, uh, what's its henchmen, right? No, he's he's the main villain. Oh, in that really? Movie. Yeah. What was what was the villain's name? Mister. Well, Kananga, but he also is uh, he has like a, a suited Baron Semity. Mister Big. Baron Semity is one of the henchmen of Kananga. Okay, that's right. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, he's not Mister Semity. He's not Baron. Not Semity. Baron Semity. Um, also, I had a one question. Like at the end when. Ripley's on a ship and the Xenomorph's just kind of like taking his little nap. Oh, yeah. I was like, what do Xenomorphs dream about? Because he totally <laughs> seemed like he was just like dreaming about something. He's just like doing like the like the dog thing where it's like the paws kind of moving and he's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> He's like, oh, he's just dreaming about like killing everyone. Responding like, sexually. Yeah. <laughs> destroying organic life. Uh, being the perfect organism. I mean, I guess the Xenomorph is supposed to be, like, what, advanced intelligence, too? Is well, that, like... Well, the, the quote from the movie is, you, you still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? A perfect organism. Its structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. And Lambert says, you admire it? He says, I admire its purity. A, su- a survivor, unclouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. But, yeah, so my thing was kind of, like, what is... <laughs> I kind of wanted to get, like, a pin get pinned down like the level of like it's intelligence. intelligence because for some reason it seemed to know i mean i guess if there's like blaring like klaxon bells going it's probably like a bad sign or but i was just kind of like oh how would it know to get off the ship that it was going to self-destruct like it seems like it would just be like hanging out eating parker or it doesn't even eat them it, it just feels like it just kills them i don't think it even eats them really well it like the uh when uh, <laughs> when this alien universe gets further expanded and further movies and stuff it's kind of like alluded that he's like collecting them and hatching and laying eggs like the alien is laying eggs in front of them to create more spawn which also like is like it also kind of coincides with like why why send space truckers plus android in order to retrieve this it's because they wanted hosts in order to have more of these things to cultivate in case that one dies, that they will actually have the, the weapon transported them. Like, like they have, they, they set the space truckers there on purpose in order to cultivate like a batch of so, these things. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying is like, they had to have known more about this thing before they even sent them on this mission. If they were planning all of this out in terms of having them be hosts, if they were like, saying that they were going to be, like, there to lay eggs in, then they would have to have sent them off. Most definitely. Knowing that they they were going to be diverted by this Yeah, I mean, Mother even says that. Like, Mother, like, types out, like, 
like the mission now is like like the first priority is returning this organism. The crew is secondary, so they the know the crew is expendable. The crew is expendable, and so like they know they know what they're getting into. They know what it is, and and yes, that's what's really annoying about this movie is that like it makes it seem like no one knows what the fuck is out there, but clearly the corporation does. What is it, Johnson Corporation? I don't know. Johnson and Johnson. Let's just say, yeah. Let's say, let's say it's Johnson and Johnson. It's Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> um, they make baby shampoo. And they have an alien. A mother knows. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, so does this thing have? Okay, so I'm also confused about how it. So does the face? So the xenomorph lays the eggs. Correct. Yes. Which have the face huggers. Right. The face huggers lay the larval stage into the humans. Correct. Which burst forward. Yes. So the humans wouldn't have been wouldn't have been host then. They would have just been killed because it's already at the xenomorph stage. So if it needs like a living organism for the face huggers to breed in or to create the to larval stage into, in. yeah. Then the xenomorph would have just been killing them because the xenomorph would still have to lay the eggs for the face huggers to attached to the hosts what so the xenomorph i, I, get, I get what you're saying yeah so the, the xenomorph is laying the like eggs they would that have to be alive for the face hugger to right. gestate and yeah. in this movie so he's why just killing is it killing yeah. them well yeah yeah no and that's like i, I don't know because fucking plot hole because they didn't expect <laughs> to make a, a second one ask know? dan o'bannon yeah ask dan o'bannon <laughs> but yeah because everything was retconned with who wrote aliens is did dan o'bannon or did james no, cameron i and think gang? james cameron uh, i think james cameron wrote it really um i'd have to look it up or one of his cronies um but yeah uh, the the answer is fucking plot hole <laughs> <laughs> And they didn't think that far. Because in later movies, it's not even the xenomorph can lay eggs. There's a queen. Yeah, so exactly. So there's a whole other hierarchy of this of this organism that is involved. Um, but what I do like about it is that this the, the design of the xenomorph and like the alien at large is it's it's designed off of real life parasites that we have on our in in our reality. <laughs> in our on reality. Earth. On Earth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well yeah, no, it's like yeah, like the wasps that lay eggs and in- yeah. In, or the numerous of disgusting parasites of, yeah. you know that inhabit all of us um, <laughs> especially me <laughs> do, you, do you have some info there it is written by james cameron written by yes. james cameron so he just made up a whole bunch of bullshit to yeah because he's he totally he totally like they they retcon the whole like acid blood thing that's in, what it, that's the thing that infuriates me most about right. that movie is it's that, like that the, the whole like it's such it's a massive why you can't shoot them it's yeah. why you can't kill it right and then in aliens it's just like oh let's send a whole bunch of uh you know space marines out and just to shoot them and then they get the acid on them and they're like oh it burned me let me go keep killing aliens it's it's so stupid and it's such a nerfing of this amazing monster yeah and it's like yeah you mean like the acid that in the last movie you mean like, the acid that almost, the hull? <laughs> that almost ate through the hull of the entire ship just gives you a, a like second degree burn on your arm okay <laughs> thanks james cameron uh, let's not use this as Dennis and I to get on our soapbox about James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> that, we can that'll be it. a three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll have like seven Avatar films that we can. <laughs> no, we won't. Because again, the name of this podcast is "I Want You to Watch This." <laughs> yeah. And sometimes yeah. we we'll review a movie that we don't want you to. <laughs> I barely even watch. Want people to watch the original Avatar? So <laughs> no, <laughs> watch it once back when it came out in theaters, and it was your first 3D experience. That's yeah. the only time I could recommend it. Yeah, that was the only like justification for that movie being as successful as it was. Right. That's was that. the only justification for that movie to exist. Right. <laughs> it should like it it should legit be reduced to like a Universal Studios ride. Yeah. That's what Avatar should have been. It should not have been a full length fucking movie. It's like, oh yeah, we already have Pocahontas, so and dances with wolves and fern gully yeah <laughs> anyways you can hear more about um we hate james cameron on our side project <laughs> podcast called we hate james cameron <laughs> but uh, uh no one else... terminator 2 is a masterpiece terminator 2 i'll give him that <laughs> yeah i will give him that and he does some cool things in the ocean in real life yes but um other than that he can go through uh anyways if we don't have any more notes uh like we yeah should we wrap this up 
yeah, wrap up Alien. I think we're ready. Cool. Yeah. Um, highly recommend. I'm glad, Craig. I'm glad this is a first for you to uh, to catch up on. I know that we all have some uh, some holes in our your cult, you know, pop culture that probably desperately need filling. I'm sure there's some movies that both of you have seen that are like hold, that I have, and then it's like, holy fuck, how did you not see that, Dennis? I don't know. Uh, I have I'm a sure pretty... that's true for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have a pretty limited. I didn't really like watch like a whole whole lot of movies when I was a kid. I had a very like right. sheltered like, life. Haven't you? You haven't seen Princess Bride, right? Uh, I recently watched okay. that. Like, maybe I think maybe <laughs> six months ago I okay. watched that for the first time. Because I remember having that conversation with you. And I yeah. Was like, what? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, that wraps up our um, our uh, Alien review. Our review of Alien. <laughs> Titled our review of Alien. Um, and uh, I guess moving on to any kind of corrections and omissions that we have from the last few movies that we've done uh, Europa Report and back I don't have anything I think have for anything? Fifth Element or Europa Report or oh yeah Fifth Element yeah Fifth Element was the last one um, so anything from any of those movies going all the way back to Arrival nope yeah um, <laughs> all I have is that um I'm sorry if it seemed like I was offending our listeners in the last episode. I was just kind of gesturing around. When I was editing it, it was like, holy shit, I kind of turned into a dick there, making fun of my, our listeners about like our name of our podcast or whatever. And I don't know. I just want to piss off anyone out there that's listening to us and review these great movies. And- well, I do. If you're listening to this, <laughs> go screw. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, your true enemy is Cullen. <laughs> Send all your hate letters to you. <laughs> Uh, no, but seriously, if you didn't know that the acronym for I Want You to Watch This was I-W-Y-T-W-T, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I guess we should move on to recommendations. Rickety wreck, rickety recommendations. Um, I'll kick mine off just because I've been, I can't stop playing this game. It's an older game. Video game recommendation of, uh, it's Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 of the Sith Lords came out back in like 2012 i think or probably even earlier um dated graphics but pro- it is legit these games uh knights of the old republic and knights of the old republic 2 are my favorite star wars experience until rogue run came out earlier last or later last year um straight up legit the best stories for star wars ever it really grays out what it means to be Jedi and if they're actually good or not. It's really fucking cool. And that, I honestly feel like that's kind of what they're getting into with The Last Jedi right. is getting into the gray, right. um, which is like a whole nother sect of the Force users. Mm. And yeah, when Skywalker says that, you know, no more Jedi thing. Right. <laughs> um, I, I totally think that that's what that's kind of alluding to, which I think would be awesome because I've always loved the gray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, KOTOR 2, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, they uh, they really talk a lot about that where like there's there's one character that sees a lot a Han Solo you know of the universe and and he's like uh, he says something along the lines of like what you guys don't what you Jedi don't get is that us common people don't care about uh, Jedi or Sith to to us you're just a bunch of warriors fighting and everyone else burns yeah and uh, it's just like fuck that's <laughs> that makes a lot of sense <laughs> it's like it's like Song of Ice and Fire you know through the eyes of a peasant it's like yeah. don't give a fuck about any of your fights like we just want to live go screw yourselves go fuck yep. all y'all houses anyways that's my recommendation um yeah I'm getting into uh, kind of survival um I recently finished The Girl with All the Gifts which uh, I think came out in like 2014 or 15 mm-hmm. It is a really interesting take on the zombie apocalypse and also parasites. So there's a lot of crossover between this. There's also a uh, very uh, low empathy scientist who pretty much does whatever they can to try and get the specimen back to Beacon, which is where all of the science is happening. That's my favorite antihero. Um, the, the the morally compromised scientist. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like essentially, um, zombies are a creation of like fungus, a parasitic fungus that oh, okay. like overrides the brain and forces people. It's like the fungus that eats into the ant's brain and then. Oh, it's like The Last them, of Us. Um, I haven't played that. The Naughty but, Dog game, but you know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really interesting take on that and. There's like um, a lot of children who are seem to be like partially immune to it, and so they have they're technically zombies, but they've retained their intelligence. And so the main story is about 
uh, a girl named Melanie who is one of these children and her and the people surrounding her and the um, the facility that she's pretty much being raised in. Cool. Really good book. Right on. I'll have to check it out. Um, you're the second person to recommend that book to me in the past few weeks. I wonder if it's... Is it like gearing up for a movie or something? Is it, Or is it just cool? No, the movie already came out. Um, oh. And it's... Uh, I watched like half of it with, uh, with Drew and... We kind of like stopped because he'd oh, already bad, read huh? the book and he was like, "No, we're not." He's like, "You're not watching the rest of this movie." Is it, is it a recent movie? Uh, I think the movie came out probably 2015 or 16 because the book was 2014. Oh, well, I'm out of the loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Uh, Colin, I've got uh, two podcast recommendations that are uh, directly related to the film Alien. Uh, unfortunately, they're both on Hal. Um, one has already been mentioned. It is the Super Ego uh, Cinema audio commentary for the movie Alien. It features uh, Paul F. Tompkins as John Hurt, uh, Matt Gorley as H.R. Giger, and Mark McConville as Ridley Scott, all doing a fake commentary for Alien. It is fantastic. And is also uh, an episode of The Canon, which uh, pits Alien versus Aliens, with uh, Devin Faraci and Kumail Nanjiani siding with the movie Alien and Amy Nicholson trying to defend aliens. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm, that's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a tough sell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she does not win. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, to piggyback on that, uh, I guess all of Howl content is now available on Stitcher Premium. They are. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they've crossed over. So if you do have a Stitcher Premium account, uh, please look at any of these Howl uh, podcasts that me and colin and uh, craig recommend because huge fan of that production network they fucking put out amazing comedy just fantastic alternative comedy if you're into that kind of thing um all right well i guess we'll segue into our uh, recommendations for other do-it-yourself movie review podcasts uh, mine this week is going to be so i married a movie geek you can follow them on twitter at movie geek cast um, it's kind of a, it's the guy is a movie geek and his wife is not. And so hilarity ensues. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a fun listen. I do recommend. Uh, yeah, I recommend uh, film roast. They are on Twitter at film roast show and yeah, they do, um, a bunch of really cool. They usually do themes per episode. I think their latest one is musicals. Um, I watched or listened to their episode on witches, which I loved. And oh, cool! I love witches in general. So just like the 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 character witches. No, I mean just like the concept of witches. Right, like yeah. really, yeah. If there's like witches involved, I'll at least like check it out. So you just love the covenant. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'd call those. <laughs> yeah, you love the covenant, uh, didn't yeah, you? You go fuck yeah. yourself with that one. <laughs> it's Abercrombie <Abercrombie's> witch. <laughs> Dear God, that was oof, something. Um, yeah, it was something. I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't call it anything except something. Um, but yeah, you know, like um, Hermione you know, Granger, uh, the craft. I loved the craft, craft growing okay, up. Yeah. Like Buffy, like Willow was like one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she was witchy. Even she? though, like, yeah, she, I mean, there's mixed reactions of the Dark Willow year. That was dumb. A, but I, I, I don't know. I still loved it just because I love witchy shit. Okay, I'm going to talk about quote-unquote guilty. It's not strictly a movie podcast. It's a podcast where they talk about people's guilty pleasures. Um, you can follow them at, at quote guilty. Um, their Bloodsport episode is really good. They have a really Ooh. good episode on Chopping Mall. Oh! Um, yeah, so definitely check out quote-unquote guilty. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Right on. Well, kind of sums up our shout-outs to other do-it-yourself movie, geek, movie podcasts. Um Go into just some local shoutouts that I have. As always, um, go to uh, bandcap.mirrorfears.com. Check out my friend Mirror Fears. She has great music. I love her music. You should too. Um, yeah, that's all I got this week. Y'all got anything? Nope. Mm, nope, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> um, all right, well, we fucking rock too. And you can listen to You can follow us on Twitter. Um, I want you to watch this can be followed on twitter at i w y t w t i am announcing i'm enunciating that because after editing our last one it sounds like i say i w i t w t which so you decided to full-on john malkovich uh, so i'm one. just i am john malkoviching this <laughs> um so you, you can so you could uh also find all of our episodes on soundcloud.com forward slash i w y t w t 
As well as on Facebook, you can join us on Facebook.com, I-W-Y-T-W-T, for any kind of movie discussion you'd like to join us on. You can follow me on Twitter at TheDebucks. I am at Catharticus. I am at Cullen Munch. And that's our Mamma Jamma. Please write us a, please write us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Overwatch or anywhere that you can find our podcasts. And it's like, want to write a review for this? Click that button and be like, fuck yeah, I do. I mean, just like spray paint a review on like a wall somewhere. That'd be awesome. Just do that. Yeah, buy yeah. an ad in a uh, bus stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool, you know? <laughs> Talk What's... to your teacher or a policeman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone about about this. If, if you know someone that likes movies and you are enjoying this podcast, please tell them about us. It's the best way to grow an audience is word of mouth. Um, all right, well what's up next guys uh next we're gonna have a guest episode yes we are um we have two guest episodes coming up we've got julie uh, making her return to the show to talk about sunshine and we've got my brother matt coming on to talk about a movie a uh, little known movie called the man from earth excellent i've not seen either of those so yeah stoked so um i believe we'll be putting up man from earth next will be our next movie that we will be, we will be airing also, um, just uh, look forward to uh, our next in our summer blockbuster series. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I'm so excited to I talk know. about it. Colin and I just watched it last night. And holy fuck! That's all I gotta say for hey, right save now. It. Save, save it. Save it. Save, save it. Save it from the mic. All right. Well, uh, without uh, extending this any longer, I'm just gonna wrap it up. And thanks for listening to our review of Alien. Bye.